0: Scott Luton, Ward Richmond here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Ward, how are we doing? Doing great. How are
1: you, Scott? Good to be back in the studio. What's happening? I
0: know. Uh, hey, big week. Big week today. Of course, the Atlanta Braves uh, kick off their march, hopefully to the World Series. We'll see. What do you think?
1: Yeah, very cool. I'm just like rooting for whoever you're rooting for. I'm, a, I'm just like <laughs> Dallas Cowboys is a, really the only sports that I pay attention to. And um, I couldn't be happier with how we've started out of the year. So, go Cowboys! <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, hey, we got we got to get you connected with Jada, who's a member of our production team behind the scenes. Big Cowboys fan, and um, y'all can y'all can swap uh, glory uh, glory tales about uh, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and the, and the uh, the big years of days gone by. Right?
1: they they're the big years of the present moment as well, Scott. <laughs> Here in Dallas, we're fired up. Uh,
0: Having a good time. Okay. Wait, on that note, big thanks to Jada and Clay and Amanda, all behind the scenes, including Allie, uh, that's helping us with uh, today's production. And today, by the way, Ward, today we're continuing our Supply Chain Real Estate series right here on Supply Chain Now, powered by our friends at Prologis. And I'll tell you, I've gotten about 117 handwritten letters uh, delivered to us here in Georgia about how much folks have enjoyed this series. How about you, Ward?
1: Yes, I've I've received closer to a thousand handwritten letters, Scott. It's just amazing, and uh, I had to hire somebody just to go through all the mail, and uh, it's outrageous. <laughs> but um,
0: so, what you're saying is our supply chain real estate series has been creating jobs, Ward. It, that that is uh, that's something. It's big.
1: Creating jobs out there. The labor market's tight, as we know. Um, so, but in all um, seriousness, it's it's been great, and uh, I've learned more than I could have ever expected from uh, our partners, ProLogis, and the wonderful guests that we've had. And I couldn't be more excited today. um, We've talked to a lot of the real estate execs at ProLogis, who I um, really deal with on the day-to-day talking about real estate stuff. And I am very excited about our guest today, um, which is a little outside of the real estate spectrum and uh, excited to get into this.
0: We are too. Um, I love what Prologis is doing with their their Ventures group and we're going to we're going to that's going to be really the focus of today's show that and really a tomorrow's supply chain perhaps tomorrow's supply chain today so we're going to hear some of the things that they are seeing and really investing in that's fueling innovation and growth across industry so stay tuned for that we got to give a quick shout out uh to Peter Boley is back with us Peter Boley all night and all day uh is tuned in he says here for some Supply chain now goodness. Happy Friday afternoon, all. And happy Thanksgiving weekend to the Canadian viewers. I gotta tell you, Ward, that wasn't on my radar.
1: Oh, yeah. It is Canadian Thanksgiving. And I should know that because we do a lot of business in Canada and uh happy thanks having Canadian Thanksgiving to all my Canadian friends and clients.
0: Definitely. Absolutely. And Peter, by the way, I got to put you on the spot. Let us know how how the golf game is going. Uh he's been getting out and enjoying some of the weather up in his neck of the woods here lately. Okay. Well, we got to save as much time as possible for today's conversation. So I want to welcome in our two featured guests here today: Will O'Donnell, managing partner with Prologis Ventures, and his colleague, Todd Lewis, vice president with Prologis Ventures. Hey, hey, Will, Todd, how are we doing?
2: Good. How are you guys today? Fantastic. Great to see you both.
1: Good to see you guys.
0: Well, you, so did y'all just know that um, not only are y'all probably creating jobs? Um, in across global supply chain you're creating jobs right here with ward's team because we're getting all y'all's fan mail
2: yeah i i, I heard that and I, I mean there's a couple of things that one i'm curious why everyone's sending handwritten notes right? <laughs> i mean there's this thing called the internet the email got invented <laughs> uh and i also feel a little bit misled in the situation since i did not realize ward was a cowboys fan uh-huh. i uh i grew up in philadelphia oh gosh yeah and uh let him on the yeah, show, Scott. To, let him on the show. A little uncomfortable now because, I'm, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and there's there's a long history between the two. But I I promise to let bygones be bygones, and and we'll have a good conversation today. But
1: <laughs> will this we, is something
2: we should have probably discussed. In the we
1: need we need to go to we need to go to a game together, but it will need to be in Dallas because I um you know I I just.
2: I, I get it. I understand why that's a reasonable yeah. request.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have real-time negotiations playing out right here on Supply Chain Now. And by the way, fly, Eagles, fly, right? Uh, I think that's, yes. what, that's like the uh, team motto there or something. Um, yeah. Well, Will and Todd, great to have you here today. We enjoyed pre-show uh, talking a little bit of sports, uh, a little bit of food. We talked about uh, exchanging some some dad stories. Uh, looks like one of our hobbies for all of us is uh, finding new and creative ways of of not exactly embarrassing our daughters, but having a little bit of fun, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So on, on that note, see, no one's sharing stories now. I can't even talk <laughs> about how uh, some of my car line stories. I'll save that for another show. But uh, really quick, uh, and and um, we want to start by, you know, having our audience get to know y'all both a little bit better. So, yeah. so Will, we us start with you. Tell us a little about yourself.
2: Yeah. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a Philadelphia native, uh, but went to do University played golf. College lived in Boston for a little bit, but have actually been uh, in the Bay Area for uh, since 1999. Um, been with AMB and now Prologis since 2003, and served a pretty wide variety of roles. Uh, participated in a lot of our international expansion. Uh, helped open up India, China, South Korea, and, and, and Singapore and Mexico. Uh, did some capital raising. Helped uh, work on the merger between. AMB and Prologis. Um, afterwards, took over and did workouts on six private equity funds uh, that were legacy Prologis vehicles. And most recently, in the last five years, have really focused on innovation and Prologis ventures. Uh, so, obviously, getting a little bit more what we're doing there. Um, but it's it's been it's been a very exciting journey. Um, I think when we look back in 2003, even before where industrial real estate was. Uh, versus now where one is Prologis as a company, but two, just the shift in mentality and the importance that supply chain is now playing across the board. Um, it's I've been never, never been more excited to be part of a, a company, part of a journey and, and really what lies ahead in the future. So Todd, I'll, I'll turn it over to you and, and then we'll jump into the good stuff.
0: So, Todd, so, well, hang on. First off, Will, yeah. you're at the intersection. It's like a perfect storm uh, of, of hot, yeah. hot aspects of global business, and it's got to be pretty exciting. Uh, I want to share a couple of co- quick comments, and then, Todd, I'm going to come to you next, and we're going to talk about growing up in Jackson, Michigan, perhaps. <laughs> um, so, uh, Peter says that uh, he saved your ward. As you uh, welcome, or you wish your clients a happy Thanksgiving in Canada. So, good job, there. That's Dave, right. You uh, <laughs> So Peter says, "Hey, he's been uh, killing it. Let's see here, holding out for an eagle on a par four from 124 yards out. Nice, nice. We got some fellow Eagles fans, Michael Eagles fans, actually.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you're gonna see the snowballs come out soon,
0: Batteries. (laughs) (laughs) Faisal, great to see you here via LinkedIn. Faisal, let us know where you're tuned in from. Allison, who we've got a show this afternoon. Um, Allison says, growing up, I was told I could be anything I wanted to be, except a Dallas Cowboys fan." (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, these are good people. Yeah, they are now.
0: All right, so we got a few other comments. We'll circle back to in a minute. Uh, y'all keep them coming. That's that's the, some of the best stuff. Uh, Todd, though, we really enjoyed. Uh, uh, we had an extra minute or two with you pre-show. Grew up in Jackson, Michigan, big-time hockey player, all-star, and of course, biscuits and gravy was one of your favorite <laughs> meals. Upbringing, right? Tell us more about you. That's you know what?
3: That's it, right? Biscuits and gravy, Midwesterner, <laughs> right? Right. Bottom of the mitt. Grew up on a farm. Uh yep. but no, it was uh it was it was great growing up in Michigan, you know, two months out of the year. Uh it's a fantastic place to be raised. And then the other 10 months are kind of like, ah, give me back to that, give me back to the two. Um, but it was all you know, it was all for not because we we I ended up going to school in California down in San Diego.
1: Um there you go.
3: And as a Midwesterner, you know, going to San Diego to school was fantastic. Met my wife down there. Um, and you know, I think by way of professional background, um, I've been with Prologis Ventures now for a year, almost on the dot. And prior to joining Prologis, I was over at UPS for eight years. And I I, I love the company, still bleed brown. You know, we joke about it um, all the time because I'm a a former customer of Prologis. Okay. uh, A a quick, great story is how I ended up joining (laughs) Prologis. Uh, I have known Will and the team since really the Ventures Group was started. Um, and at, at UPS, I wore many different hats, but I was always working within the entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem. And in the latter part of my career at UPS, I was leading their um, UPS Ventures, which we, we kind of rebranded and stood up as, as a more um, innovative model for, for UPS to adopt new innovation, right? So there right. were tons of synergies between what Will's team was looking at and what we were looking at UPS. And so we, we got together all the time. And uh, my fame story is I went in to visit uh, Will and team and I'm parked. So if you've ever, if you know where Prologis headquarters is in San Francisco, it's on Pier One. It's absolutely breathtaking. It's it's fantastic. Um, and I'm parked in the parking lot directly across the street. And I I I get out of the, my truck and I and I I feel like I got shot. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. And I'm rolling around in the ground in the parking lot <laughs> on a parking arrow across the street from this beautiful site. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So of course I call Will. And I'm like, Will. You got to take me to the hospital. And he's like, he's like, hey, what's going on? So anyways, I ended up getting a <laughs> hold of these guys. And Ernest Sweat at the time, former former Pelagis Ventures guy, comes out, drives me to the hospital. I'm in shambles, right? <laughs> Turns out it was a kidney stone. Never had one in my life. Oh, my goodness. I'm worse than giving birth. My wife <laughs> sees that she's going to.
2: Oh, she's yeah. I know. I'm gonna get slapped You're so much trouble. Yeah, now. I know. You but, <laughs> but anyways,
3: it's like that was my. That's when I knew Prologis was gonna be a great fit for me because they saw me at my worst and they still wanted me to join the team. So yeah, that was you it. Know,
0: um I'm not exactly sure where to take the conversation <laughs> next. There's so many yeah. questions yeah. I have around that story, yeah. Todd. But um, you know, it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings during some of these toughest times uh, here in recent months. Is um, this too shall pass. It may pass like a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah. but this too shall pass. All right. So I got a, a couple other hellos we want to say. Uh, Laimi. Le, uh, if Whoa. I got that wrong, I apologize. Let me know. We love to get people's names right. Watching from Namib- N- Namibia uh, via LinkedIn. Great to see you here. Uh, Romsey. also watching from Lagos uh, via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, Ramsey. Uh Eric from Ghana. Great to see you here. Also via LinkedIn. Uh, quite the international audience here. Oh. K-Rod is with us.
1: Oh, hey, K-Rod.
0: How about that? No trucker hat today, Ward. Scott, you know
1: K-Rod has moved to Virginia. She's left left Dallas. She got a promotion, and she's um, managing five different offices for colliers now in the Northeast. So what's up, K-Rod?
0: Awesome. Congrats on your promotion. And, of course, Nerf is with us. He's back with us. Here come the comments. I think he's referring to the Cowboys and the Eagles uh, comments there earlier today. Uh, Nerf helps us keep a nice sense of humor. Uh, throughout these global supply chain conversations. Okay, so Will and Todd, let's get to some of the heavy lifting. Is that right, Ward? We're going to learn more about uh, their firm,
1: right? That's right. Um, so let's start out with Will. And um, Will, do you mind giving us a little, uh, I, I'd love to hear just like when uh, ProLive just decided to start just ventures and then uh, dig into the investment strategy and how yeah. you guys are, are uh, bringing value to Prologis as a
2: whole. Yep. Yes. So we launched Prologis Ventures in March, 2016. Um, And really the conversation was around the fact that real estate has been able to sit in a very privileged position for a number of years where we didn't really have to worry about disruption. So the old adage is you just, what's real estate? It's location, location, location. So you buy a building in a great location and you can sit back and collect rent and, it's golden. Um, what we started noticing was a couple things is that the underlying business model of our customers was changing and it was having a direct impact on the real estate itself. So we were the beneficiary of e-commerce, right? Uh, so there's a massive tailwind, but that doesn't mean that that business isn't going to evolve and shift and have implications uh, someone who was, I don't know, on suburban retail would have a very different opinion on e-commerce and the impact on their real estate. We also, at that time, was when you started seeing models like an Airbnb emerge or WeWork. Uh, now, for whatever happened to WeWork, it still did change how tenants thought about tenancy, right? right? And,
0: and by the way, uh, there are yeah. some really intriguing documentaries on the WeWork story, uh, Netflix and, yep. and beyond. But to yep. your point, though, still, you can't deny um, the model—you can't deny the impact they've they've had. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, and it's it, but but it also we were at the forefront of realizing you know what, like disruption can occur in our industry, and it's not like a software where overnight someone's going to come out with something better and you can right. be obliterated. But it could be a very long, slow draw if if we stick our head in the sand and and look up ten years from now. And Hamid, who's the CEO, is incredibly innovative, incredibly forward thinking, and I think it's a lot why we as a company are in the position we are, because we're always pushing Mm -hmm. forward. But the concern here is we don't want to be the Luddites and driving the horse carriage when like 15 years now, from now when EVs are a thing, right? Right. So um, there's the aspect that second data analytics that real estate has really been an industry that's worked through intuition and relationships. Um, And that will continue and are important. But if we can figure out how to leverage data get predictive rather than looking re- re- regressive on data, but how do we predict what's gonna come? How do we leverage our platform and scale to drive value and get insights in new ways? And that was another big aspect when we started five years ago on like, how do we really think differently? Um, there is no playbook for what we were doing in the real estate industry, but there are other industries that are taking components of it. So look look outside our, our, our walls and see, how do we learn from the financial industry? How do we learn from insurance? How do we learn from our customers? How do we look at what is happening in enterprise software and take those learnings uh, and apply them to ourselves? The other aspect that this was probably a year end that we really started focusing on too was Real estate's actually a very odd business when you think about it, that no other industry do you spend three months negotiating a contract and then try to ignore that customer for the next seven years, <laughs> uh, right? Right. Like every other industry, it's, it's, I have a captive customer. How do I bring that customer value in new ways? How do I increase the lifetime value of it? How do I find solutions? And we as a company recognize that we're actually sitting in a very privileged position, that we have almost a billion square feet now. We have relationships with the top players in supply chain logistics, but 80% of our customers are actually small, medium businesses. So if we think about customer centricity in a very different manner, which is actually more consistent how the rest of the world thinks of it, which is part of the adjacent learnings. But with our customers, how do we leverage our scale and size, figure out new opportunities? So, so where are we seeing consistent pain points across our customers and transportation and labor and sustainability? And how do we as an entity go out and find solutions for them? So that really gets into one of the major roles of the Prologis Ventures team is, one, can we find disruptive technologies that we as a company can use? So things that help our core business, how we interact, how we drive capital employment decisions, how we manage our our buildings, how we build our buildings. But where we spend a bulk of our time is really on the uh, warehouse operations, so what goes inside the four walls, Right. sustainability and energy, and we can talk more about some of the things we're doing there, and then finally, generally supply chain and logistics. So for every dollar in rent our customers spend, they spend six on labor, they spend 10 on transportation, and you look in transportation example, the inefficiencies occur. So if right. you ever drive around an industrial park, you'll just see tractor trailers lined up, and why is that occurring? Is it because there isn't visibility? Do you need better communications? Is there ways that we as an owner can help facilitate and create more seamless transactions between the people inside the warehouse and the trucks? And if we can solve that problem, we're adding value in new ways. So a lot of our thesis then are based on how do we go find disruptive technology? that can solve those major pain points.
0: Wow! Amazing. All right, whole different game, whole different ball game here. As you're <laughs> describing it, Will. So many questions, so little time. Um, we got some. We got some great comments here, but I'm I'm going to wait because I want to. Todd, Will kind of painted um, a very helpful picture there. But you know, Ward and I are curious. What else would you add to that,
1: Todd? And oh, hey, one more question for you, Todd. As yeah. you dig into that, is how what does the team size look like at Prologis Ventures as well? Mm.
3: Yeah, so we're a lean crew, um, roughly six of us in total, but we span, we, we have such a broad reach within the company because we leverage just some brilliant minds at Prologis. You know, Prologis in its own right is, we only have 1,900 people um, yep. and I came from UPF with 450,000 people, right? So it's a different, it's a different world <laughs> yeah, yeah. entirely, um, but there are absolutely brilliant people at this company and our team Um, leans into each of those when it comes to subject matter expertise, when we want to go find technology, especially when we think about our customers. So now this is I'm going to pivot into your your question around what would I add. Um, Will had touched on it um, briefly on on how customer-centric we are. it's, It's such a fine point of our thesis when we do go look at investments. We build our strategies predicated on our customers' largest needs and pain points. And so we work, in many cases, we'll work with our customers to define what that means. Um, And that's such a unique way to invest capital, right? It's not this shiny penny approach where you go and you're out in the world and you're like, oh, that looks really interesting. Let's go make an investment. It's the opposite of that. It's this extremely tactical way to say, you tell us what, what are your biggest concerns over the next five, 10 years? Because by all means, Prologis is this Switzerland of real estate right Mm -hmm. and and again this is new to me in that joining a a company where we support some of the largest companies on the planet in e-commerce all equally um it gives us a privileged perspective on where the future is headed for what the modern warehouse of the future looks like what technologies will blend with with traditional labor and 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 new state automation and so as a very tactical example, one of the things we have done is actually built this automation thesis. You know, using the criteria of of our customers to understand what are their largest pain points and how can we leverage technology or bring technology to those partners um, to help better enable their business, right? So that so that the real estate they're in today is as meaningful and as powerful as it needs to be 10 years from now. And I think that's one of the super exciting things that our team gets to do is have that type of dialogue. I love that. And Uh, Todd,
2: just to add on a quick point on what Todd was saying, even beyond what we're talking customers on the automation example, we had customers in different sectors actually share the metrics that they would use to measure success. So we then can see across five different sectors, here's a big customer in each, here's what they would look at to adopt automation. And then when you're going to talk to a company, it's here's exactly what you need to hit to get adoption with these five customers. So it, it really changes the mentality then on how you're investing because it's 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 very clearly defined what the opportunity is uh, and allows us to be very thoughtful about where we put our capital and, and the partners that we bring in.
0: Yep. So uh, one thought came to my, comes to my mind, Ward uh is you know innovation centers became all the rage here in the last decade or so yeah um we've got dozens if not hundreds of them across atlanta but most of them tend to be internal internally staffed internal um internal run operations what i love about this what i'm hearing here is is prologic is going to customers give me your problems and then rather than you know only have internal talent uh try to come up with solutions they're making investments with some of the best and brightest outside the four walls as it were. So this is uh, a, this is pretty exciting to hear about. All right. Uh, Ward, give you a chance to respond. I'm going to share a couple of comments, including some uh, some folks that want to speak to Todd about his, his story earlier. Hey, sense of humor is important around here, but Ward, what was something you hear?
1: Oh, I, I mean, I think that's all amazing. And I and there's so much that you're talking about doing here and like talking to all the customers about all this I'm curious. I have friends that are in the VC business and it um, it's especially before COVID, it was mind blowing to me. And they live in San Francisco, of course, because that's just kind of the, the hub of all of that. Yeah. But just the flights to New York and everywhere meeting with all of these entrepreneurs that have these ideas so I, I mean how how often there's six of you that are really meeting with these um, all of these um, you know entrepreneurs out there with these ideas how, how many meetings are you taking a week with these folks and yeah, like how, <laughs> how's that qualification process working
2: yeah it's um, it's it's busy I, I guess that's the short answer I, I think one of the things that we did very early on it is really established a comprehensive network o- across the different VCs, different technology companies, and, and even our customers. Because VC is an interesting business, whereas in real estate, when I was buying real estate, I would never call up three or four other real estate firms and be like, hey, here's a really great building. Why don't we all partner and go in and and, and make this a better building together? Like, it's no, 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 we're buying this and we'll compete for it. Uh, VC is the opposite, where you're literally every time you're looking at a company, you're like, okay, I want... My piece, but here's three or four people that I can bring in who will offer value to this company in unique ways. So we've co- within that that construct of recognized here's where Prologis excels, here's what we can bring to the table, here's our unique perspective, and because of that, we're viewed as a, a really good partner um, to be brought in the deal. So. I don't know. I mean, my <laughs> my schedule is all day in meetings all day yeah, long. Yeah. Um, but well, it's exciting. As
0: and, we were coming but, on earlier today, Will, you are closing the big deal right in the minutes sorry. before the show. Are you so are I you, bet you do are you traveling Run again hard.
2: or are you doing a lot? S- starting to. I, I would say that, that One of the the benefits is COVID. I think a lot of times now you realize, like, I don't actually need to fly to Chicago to see the the PowerPoint. Like, it is really, really valuable to meet people in person and spend time, and that can never be replicated. But if you're going to look at 500 companies a year, let's spend time on the 30 to 50 that we really want to do versus having to go see PowerPoints for each of them. So um, I think we've gotten even more efficient of time now, and people are understanding of it. It's like, okay. The company themselves if we aren't going to be a, a great fit it's not worth their time to host us for a couple hours and a dinner uh so i think it's made us much more efficient uh but you're you do i i do miss and we're starting to get back into it sitting down with someone and actually hearing the story and, and seeing how they interact and and that human connection is super important um we got away from it for obvious reasons for the last year but it's it's coming back and People are really appreciated again, which is cool. Like you Agreed. go out to work dinners now, and people are like, "Wow, this is great." Versus before, it was like, "God, this is the fifth <laughs> one this week." <laughs> They're all like,
0: "Man, I love it." Hugs, and everybody's like, "Well, let's let's slow <laughs> well, down we'll see the see hugs." I want to share this from Michael. It says it is powerful when you take solutions to your clients based on their. Operational data that lets them know you are invested in their success. Excellent point there. I want to welcome Mervin. Mervin, great to have you back uh, via Dublin uh, and via LinkedIn. Great to see you here today. All right, so I gotta, I gotta circle back. Todd, uh, really enjoyed the front end of this conversation. So Allison uh, says, worse than giving birth. <laughs> Rest in peace, Todd Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nerf <laughs> Nerf says, "Rest in <laughs>
3: peace." I said, "I heard, I heard. It was all hearsay." Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Nah. Oh, <geez>. oh gosh. <laughs> hey, you gotta have a sense of humor these days. I think uh, we've all heard about how. Well, you know what? I'm not even gonna go down that path because I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna myself. Yeah. Let's change this so really moving forward.
2: Uh, I'm not getting right. It, <laughs>
0: um, well, hey. Uh, so what I want to do next, and I appreciate y'all. Uh, sharing more about what the organization does, what the approach is, what the value is. Um, just in talking with y'all, holy cow. Uh, and Todd, you were talking about uh, kind of some, some things you'd done to transform how UPS did it earlier. Man, y'all are uh, your your math abilities uh, must be several pay grades above mine. you know I have a hard enough time uh, with public math. You' all heard that phrase public math we don't do math in public around these parts. Um, but let's <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about, to give some more context to some of the business models that that uh, you're investing in, and you know some of the some of the ways they're solving problems and driving innovation. And Will, I want to start with you, and then we're going to circle back and get Todd's uh, color commentary as well. So, Will, what what do the, some of those investments look like?
2: Yeah, I would say um, we're very thesis driven. Um, so we talked a little bit about areas of focus. Um, I'll give an example. A couple areas that we spend time. One is labor. So if you go ask our customers right now, their biggest pain points, it's labor, labor, labor. So within that, there's four key components of it. Recruitment, retention, training, and safety. Um, And each of them, we have the potential to offer solutions in them. So we've invested in a company called Workstep, which is a... database of warehouse workers that people can actively use to recruit talent. On that, they've actually built a retention platform that allows people to get actual insights into what's keeping employees at a company or reasons why they're le- leaving, but really getting to the root cause. Um, and the common thing, in, for example, in, in warehouses, well, someone took a job because they got 15 cents or 25 cents more from a right. warehouse across the street. When you actually look at the data. A manager of a warehouse who walks around and says, hey, Ward, hey, Scott, hey, Todd, how are you doing today? Versus someone who just sits in the office, there's a clear difference in retention. So the fact that, okay, the pay is impact, but there are other aspects that actually influence retention and understanding that. Another example of a company we invested in is Kinetic, which does wearable devices right. uh, for workers. So if I'm doing an uh, unsafe movement, I'm bending over improperly, it'll give me a haptic ping. And so I understand like, okay, I'm putting my body at risk and putting myself in an unsafe environment. It trains workers to be able to better use and avoid workplace injuries. Uh, We've made an investment in a company called Striver that does um, virtual training for warehouse workers. Um, So these are different ways we're thinking about it. On top of it, we as a company incubate businesses too. Uh, So I'll talk a little bit later about something we're doing with EV that's really exciting. But on worker training, we actually launched two years ago, maybe a little bit longer, something we call Community Workforce Initiative. And this, every time we build a building, we actually self-impose a tax, and we take that money and reinvest in the local communities Really? for worker training. So we've worked with a number of local um, organizations, NGOs, uh, nonprofits that can help provide training resources for the workforce in areas that we are participants um, our goal is by 2025 to train 25,000 workers.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the common themes, those, those examples there, you know, safety and training, investing in the workforce, as you put it, you know, labor is top of mind, seems like for everybody yeah. right now, not, and not just here in the States. Um, so Todd, what else would you add? Those are some pretty powerful examples in particular. I like how um, you also look to invest you know, Beyond those businesses, you look to invest in the communities they're plugged into. That's, that's got a great uh, do-good, give-forward vibe to it. Todd, what else would you add about some of the investments you're all making and some of the problems and innovation that they're uh, addressing?
3: Uh, sure. So, Well, before I jump too far, a uh, Kin- fun story. Kinetic was the first startup that I was ever able to get a commercial agreement um, when I was at UPS. So prior to even joining Prologis, prior to knowing that Prologis had invested um, in Kinetic, um, we had been working with uh, with Haytham and that team to, to help bring safety, um, kind of this digital safety approach to our operations at UPS, which I thought was such a fascinating, like it came full circle because then I joined the Prologis team and had a chance to go have drinks with Haytham. And it was just a you know, Love you
2: know, it. That's great cool. story.
3: But anyways, um, it kind of taught me the, the power of how you know, these small innovative companies, the impact it can have on thought leadership at these, you know, fortune 50 companies. Um, so it was like, it was kind of the starting point for me to really, really take off in startup land. Um, I would say from Prologis Ventures, the other area, a couple other companies that we've invested in that are just absolutely fantastic. Um, Outrider is one that stands out to me as one that is, is extremely transformative. When you think, you know, we'll give an example earlier, you'll drive by, a facility and you'll see just lines of trucks, right? Just waiting to get in. And right. part of this is, is when you try to think of what the yard looks like, what's the yard of the future mean and what technologies will enable you know our customers to understand where their assets are in those parking lots and in that yard. Um, well, Outriders, uh, they're an automation company that's brought automation or an autonomous vehicle to moving trailers around within your yard and being able to actually, act as the jockey in backing trailers up and making sure that the doors are loaded with the right, the right trailers and that you can actually autonomously move and position your goods within the yard. And uh, I'll, I'll go to your, your initial question, which is around the business case around that. Well, when you right. think about labor and you also think about what's happening inside the four walls. So you have these challenges of distributing labor to unload these trailers as fast as possible. But you also have a challenge of making sure you have to have labor outside that's making sure that those trailers are in the right spot at the right time. And it's the right goods, right? So it just can't be any trailer that you're just pulling up to an open dock. Right. And Outrider is a fantastic example of of how the world is starting to see or how it can capture and lean into automation to uh, empower more streamlined efficiencies inside the four walls. So that's an interesting company. They're they're outstanding. They're going to do great things. Uh, yep. Another great company along the same lines is Baton. And Baton has tackled this use case where if you think about long-haul trucking, right, and you look at it from an efficiency standpoint, just purely efficiency, yep. the front end and the back end of that, that trip are highly inefficient, right? So the last three miles and the first three miles are extremely inefficient from the driver's perspective. And these right. drivers are gold, right? And I, I mean that through and through. In that right, it's all to the earth. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And their time is so valuable because they are now mandated to be, you know, for how many hours of service they can have in a given day and in a given week. And so every minute lost, in, in dwell time or whatever, you know, however they're losing those minutes is um, is precious to the customers that are that are reliant on that cargo. So Baton operates these drop lots that will allow drivers to operate on a point to point. So they completely trim those tails and they'll allow you to drop trailers and hook trailers in the same lot instantly. Oh, and then they, love it. they can digitally coordinate When those doors are when the door is ready to be, you know, when it's open to be for delivery, they'll coordinate with a local service to get those trailers to and from the dock door. And again, it's it's a game changer in the sense of when you think of the broad swath of where transportation is headed and how we're starting to see efficiencies take place. Um, or, or where the opportunities lie, But Baton's fantastic, and, and, and they're tackling that use case. It also collides with with all things autonomous vehicles, which I'm a huge fan of, and, and, and led an investment in Too Simple Why I was at UPS.
0: Love it, love it, Todd. Um, you know, g- going back to the trucker for a second, you know, Ward, you and I had a pretty eye-opening interview.
1: I was just thinking a, about uh, that
0: current truck driver, uh, Kelly Lynn, uh, and her last name is a Second.
1: Yes. Kelly Lynn McGowan, she's at Schneider. She's a truck driver there. Oh. So, we, our last um, a, podcast, yeah. Scott and I did, she was our guest. That's
3: oh, fantastic. And
0: she actually said, Will and Todd, uh, a rhetorical question. You know, when did, because of all the feedback she gets, and because of some of the pressures not to drive and not to drive for a living, yeah. she came out and said, When did truck driving? make us, you know, make, uh, drivers a second class citizens because of how they're treated. So oh. you got to love on our truck drivers, uh, Amanda Clay or or Jada, if we could drop that episode in the comments, that'd be great. Kelly Lynn was, um, th- to your point, Todd, she's gold, gold, and just salt to the earth.
2: Okay. Yeah. There are, uh, Schneider's a, uh, a partner of ours in one of our portfolio companies called platform science. Uh, and they're, they're, I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing how forward thinking that company is, but it's, it's really the core is the driver and making sure that they have a good experience and, and that they, uh, they, they, I mean, as we've seen in the last couple years, I mean, they're so crucial, the underpinnings of our supply chain and, and the fact that it's viewed as second class is actually detrimental to all of us because without them, I can't get anything delivered at home. Like you're seeing That's what's right. happening at the ports right now. Right? Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's the truck drivers are an essential part of it.
0: Agreed. Will great point. All right. So Ward, um, any comment on based on what Will and Todd has shared on some of these great investments and some of the the meaningful innovation real you know in, innovation has become one of those those cliche you know uh, i think a lot of times it is uh, a lot of folks think of ideation but what i'm hearing with Will and Todd this is action bottom line driving change driving industry change and in some cases we're just getting started the impact you know what Todd was talking about earlier, the impact is going to be only get greater uh, in the months ahead. But Ward, I know we want to talk about trends, but any, any comments on your end before No, you, I, you, I mean, uh, I ask. think
1: that it's you're just hitting the nail on the head with, uh, I think the two things I hear about the most, and I, we didn't really talk about it um, earlier, but what I do with Collier's is represent tenants. So my job, um, I think at the heart of my job is to understand what the tenants want as well, which is what I think Prologis is really good at doing, and and we're very aligned um, from um, from that angle. And um, that's the number one thing, or I guess the top two things are labor and transportation. It's um, having the right labor and it's moving freight as fast and efficiently as possible. So that's what you guys are talking about here. So yeah, up um, what's what's on the horizon? I I know. Um, And also on our last um, Prologis episode that we did, Stephen Hussein was on, um, who talks very highly of the Prologis team. Yeah. So I know that you guys like work closely with him and he's um, we're developing a building in Dallas right now um, with another one of my clients. It's a uh, with 3PL client and we're trying to really look into the green initiatives. We're trying to be as forward thinking as possible. And, uh, but, like the next topic I'd like to discuss, I'll let you start, Will, is um, what's on the horizon. Um, There's no doubt um, green initiatives are on the horizon and and you guys are doing that. I I think it's your base buildings in a lot of cases. And Stephen's really educated me on that, but I'd love to to dig into that. And then also just like what else you're seeing on the horizon uh, outside of what we've already discussed.
2: Yep. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do a very brief segue just to talk on Scott's comment on innovation earlier and then bring it back to exactly what you suggested. I think innovation has become a buzzword. Um, The way we've always thought about it is innovation occurs when constraints are removed and white space opens up. And if you think about, okay, why machine learning is valuable, suddenly you can process data and make decisions faster than everywhere before. So Uber had two constraints, one that, trust to get into a car, and they figure out how to do that. And second, how do you suddenly process where all these vehicles are? And by removing those constraints, suddenly a way to disrupt taxis opened up. So if you think of all our businesses, there are some constraints, there are laws of physics that you can't fix, but most constraints in life are self-imposed or technology can help address over time. So a lot of this stuff can be continual improvement on how do we just optimize. And we as a company have done a ton of things around kaizens and looking kaizens and looking at our leasing processes, our capital employment and creating efficiencies there. And then a portion of the time is spending a lot of more transformational ideas.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so an area that we're really excited around and you're alluding to was, was sustainability. Um, and within that, we are the third largest operator of rooftop solar in the world. And less than 2% of our roofs are actually covered by solar right now. So there is a massive opportunity as you move to a more decentralized electric grid. Um, so centralized electric grid is what we traditionally had with PowerPoints. Solar, which is on a bunch of rooftops, is a decentralized um, network. Within that, you get battery storage where we are really excited also is, is electric vehicles. So we have Amazon, for example, has publicly announced, they've ordered a hundred thousand Rivian trucks. Todd, when he was at UPS uh, led an investment in a company called arrive. Um, And I can't remember what the the order was, but it was a massive order across our customer base. Everyone is really focusing on how to get to a carbon neutral supply chain. Right. And, and, these vehicles are going to be coming off the line in the next couple of years. And none of the infrastructure invest exists today to actually charge these vehicles. Um, And very rarely do you get an industry, I think 200 billion was spent last year by trucks on molecules or traditional diesel fuel. That is going to be completely up in the air on as these fleets transition what infrastructure and how's that now it's going to be electrons instead of molecules, how's that actually can provide it? Hmm. So when we take a step back and look and say, all right, with a billion square feet where these vehicles likely will be charged as a component, the fact that we have a billion square feet of roofs that we can put solar on to actually produce the energy, Right. Um, there is a massive opportunity for us to really be at the forefront and helping our customers shift through this transition. So we've Recently hired an individual, Henrik Holland, um, who was at Shell for 18 years, to come in and lead our global EV infrastructure mobility practice. And this is going to be creating turnkey solutions for our customers uh, with the right ecosystem of partners, whether it's the hardware, software providers, utilities, um, and then the manufacturers themselves, to be able to accelerate this adoption. And for us, when you look at the business opportunity, it's massive but even the societal benefits that we can help bring by pushing forward a change um, that companies are really excited about and need and are putting a lot of effort behind, but we can be a great partner to, to facilitate that happening faster, more streamlined in a more effective way. And I mean, we talked earlier about our kids, right? If I can actually contribute and make the world a better place for my two daughters, that's something like I actually get excited. Yeah, about yeah, right, no totally doubt. Energized, right?
0: Name of the game. Uh, <coughs> yeah. All right, so Ward, you're asking about what's next. What's next? We'll painted quite
3: a picture. Todd, what would you add? Well, dealer's choice, gentlemen. I can talk, <laughs> I talk <with> vehicles, <laughs> or I can talk warehouse automation. I, yeah. I, I get warehouse uh, automation. What that are one. you
0: most excited about?
3: I'm gonna let's go warehouse uh, warehouse operations. When you think of the 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 combination of, you know, workflow automation and traditional labor because they are right. they are tied together at this point, right? So there's two types of automation. There's the there's the structured version of automation, which are big belt systems. So your UPS's and Amazon's of the world, when you look inside and you peek under the hood of of some of their largest facilities, miles of belts, right? right. That that move millions of packages. Choo, every choo, you got it right man wait a
0: You've second wait a second todd <laughs> hang on a sec we just got world-class sound effects there, provided by ward richmond how does that go Ward? <laughs> yeah what was it what was it in police academy remember that dude
2: in police <laughs> academy yeah. back in the day oh yeah, oh, yeah. sound effects I'm telling you. that's like ward <laughs> i'm telling you
0: second career for ward uh at the improv you can catch him this saturday night folks all right so so todd uh, just having a good time. You yeah, yeah, it's it. perfect. Some humor, right? All right, so Todd, you're talking, you're painting a picture of these, these massive fulfillment distribution centers, all these miles and millions of miles of conveyor belts. So pick it back up from there.
3: So it's it's a highly structured world and it's it extremely, it, those, the, the more structured automation is extremely efficient. It's designed to move those million packages a day. And the opposite of structured innovation or structured automation would be this more flexible approach where you think of, Um, autonomous forklift companies. So we have an investment in a company named Gideon, Gideon Brothers, and they're out of Croatia. Um, Mm. It's one of the most brilliant companies on the planet when it comes to machine learning and robotics. And what they're solving for is the ability to load and unload trailers with with, uh, autonomous forklifts. So at UPS alone, that was a, that was a multi-billion dollar problem. And if you think across our customer base, when we look at the problem sets that they face over the next five to 10 years, right? Well, every single one of our buildings has dock doors and they all have trailers that need to be loaded and unloaded. And so this is a synonymous use case across, across all of our partners. And that was one key category that we wanted to invest in. And so when I think of the, of what's next, I think of a world where, The future state of of warehouse operations is this combination of highly flexible automation and a traditional workforce. And that traditional workforce, they're not being displaced per se. They're being upskilled to where now you're in a control tower and you're managing and coordinating maybe 10, 12, 20 different types of robotic automation or, or system automations to create a more efficient facility. Something that can now produce maybe twenty to thirty times, you know, the efficiency and the power of what that that same footprint could do before, and I right. think that's a, an incredibly attractive target for many of our our small to medium business partners that are looking to get the most out of their operations and the most out of their people is you know forklift automation is is one category. The other right. category might be you know, put away in storage, right? Right. A a fantastic example that we've also invested in would be a company named Locus Robotics. And Locus does kind of the pick-to-goods type fulfillment movement. So they're helping um, traditional labor manage uh, a a massive footprint of, of fulfillment orders, right? So there's a bunch of different categories that are starting to emerge and the ability to stitch those companies together so that they can work in a single, you know, operated and orchestrated by a single person. I think that's an exciting future, right? Because it's it's led by you and I, you know, I'm not a PhD roboticist yet. If I could walk into a facility and, you know, pull out a tablet and just drag and drop what I want to happen and click go and have, you know, automation assist me in my task. I think that's, that's a wildly attractive outcome for, for our customers and their futures.
0: Sign me up, Todd. Sign me up. It, it, it's creating a whole new art of the possible, and yeah. I agree with you. And you know what? For our um, all the, the the incredible people that make up the global workforce, it's creating new opportunities for them. New opportunities, more compensation, more uh, fulfilling uh, careers, new 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 skills learned, and and then some. Um,
2: it, it also, Scott, on that creates yeah. a safer environment. So, like in a traditional pick and pack environment, someone used to have to work walk nine to 12 miles right. a day with something like Locust, that individual can stay in a smaller area and the robot comes to them. And so you're having less wear and tear in the body and you're making the person more efficient. The The other area that we're really excited about is really the the future of commerce. And that would be as a company, Pelagis has been very, very active buying urban infill real estate for last mile distribution. The business model behind that is rapidly evolving so how do you think about new distribution delivery methods whether it's drones whether it's automated vehicles um, inventory management and placement so if i'm going to get same day next day delivery they have to predict that i'm going to buy something and put it in a location close to me right um and then think about the flow through through the entire supply chain where how do i make some how do i have that inventory in the right place at the right time uh, in a systematic way. And we're all seeing a little, well, not a little, a lot of the pressures on supply chain right now uh, with the trucks waiting outside Port of Vallee, the delays you walk into Target or retail or the grocery store, they don't have as much on the shelves right now. That is a really, really interesting area that we're digging in is how do you enable the flow of commerce? How do you enable e-commerce? Uh, but really The inventory management, the visibility, and the connectivity between all these different players.
3: I
0: love it, and and so does Peter Bole. He says use a scottism. I didn't know that was such a thing. Great stuff here. It is great stuff. And and Peter's also getting out. He's departing early, hitting out, uh, hitting links. So Peter, hit him good. Nice. Um. All right. And by the way, going back to Will, you had a call out there, and our 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 um, world class research team. That was Michael Winslow. Was the sound. Uh, The sound guy from Police Academy, the pride of Spokane, That's right. Washington. Michael oh, yeah, that guy
2: was awesome.
0: All right. So y'all got us excited. You got us excited about the future commerce, the future supply chain. I, I really, you know, I love, again, I love the Prologis's uh, approach at innovating in a way that it's, it's uh, customers tell us what you're struggling with. And then going out there outside the four walls. Uh, to make it happen with some of the best in industry it's a very unique model and ward i tell you uh, I, I wish i wish i could do some of this. Ward, what what are some of the based on what some of what will and todd has shared here today what's some of your your uh final thoughts
1: oh um just so thankful to have you guys with us here today and uh hope to stay in touch and um let's keep uh keep moving forward and making you know the life better for all of our customers and the supply mm-hmm. chain, and then hopefully um, improving the sustainability for the future for our kids out there, uh, because it is, I mean, it's a real thing and all of these, all these warehouses getting built we're going to have to do something because it can't just c- keep continuing the way that things have been con- getting done in the past. It's just not, That's right. not feasible. So I'm um, really thankful to have guys like you um, here in this world doing what you're doing because um, it's absolutely necessary. So many thanks,
0: And yeah, echo what Ward just said there, especially the important stuff about challenging and changing the status quo, because that's not what what's going to get us to tackle some of these really important goals. By the way, Jennifer, uh, one of y'all's colleagues with Prologist, uh, thanks for all of your facilitation, Jennifer. Uh, coming up on October 27th, we got a Thought Leadership event It's going to be streamed globally. Folks, y'all can join there if you click on that link in the comments in the skybox. Thanks so much, Jennifer.
2: Okay. Yeah, that that uh, quickly, but that would be a cool event. He meets going to be interviewing the um, CEO of uh, UPS. We have the woman who actually uh, we're partnering with on the workforce training initiative. Uh, we're going to have a panel on sustainability, and then uh, I'm going to end a panel with transportation. So really exciting um, event and it's it's going to be really about change and innovation and thought leadership so
0: love it will did you say is that car- the carol Tomei is going to be there yeah. it is the carol Tomei. man one of the best interviews uh yep. talk about moving the industry forward uh,
2: Yeah, uh, she's a she's a force I'm, I'm i'm really looking forward to this one so <laughs> it'll
0: be good. a yeah. okay so, uh, Will, Todd, uh, it, it is. we don't have enough time. We need to bolt on a few more hours. I love, by the way, clearly y'all are enjoying what you're doing, and there's a great camaraderie between you. We'll have to get all six of y'all uh, in a room s- at some point soon. But in the meantime, uh, beyond checking out that October 27th event, uh, again, folks, the link is in the comments. We'll add it to the show notes of the podcast replay. Will, how can folks connect with you?
2: Yeah, you had asked me uh, this question earlier, and you said people would sometimes struggle with it. I was confused. Like people, like you can fax me or something. So uh, (laughs) the LinkedIn's obviously an easy way. Prologis Ventures has a website. Just there's this thing called Google. Type in Prologis Ventures, and it will pop up. And then my email address is wodonnell. You can without the apostrophe in the email at prologis.com. And with this stuff, we actually love to chat with people, love to hear ideas, and we're always curious to learn more. So. Todd. Todd, how can folks track you down?
3: (laughs) Well, Carrier Pigeon and LinkedIn, both are (laughs) phenomenal methods. Um, But no, uh, feel free. Please tag me on on LinkedIn. Love to connect um, and chat all things supply chain. um, And then equally, you know, head on out to our Polaris Ventures website. um, And there's there's a, a nice way to connect with us there. But it's been fantastic. Scott and Ward, thank you for having us on. Well, hey, Danny. thanks, guys. On the uh,
2: the website, you can see the full list of the uh, the investments we've made, and there's little briefings behind all of it. So,
0: yeah, wonderful. Resource. Well, big thanks to you both. I appreciate all three of y'all letting me hang out without any facial hair. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> nice to be included uh, in these cool conversations. Hey, uh, Will O'Donnell, Todd Lewis with Prologis Ventures, home run stuff. We'll have to uh, get an update on how the end of the year goes with you both. But really appreciate uh, Prologis commitment. To not only address the current state, but building a much brighter future for commerce, supply chain, and a whole lot more. Big thanks, Will and Todd. Thanks so much.
2: Hey, thank you guys for. Thanks having guys. This it was awesome. Thanks. A lot of fun, and and we'll, we'll get together for that Dallas game. Oh, Eagles game. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have
0: thanks, a great guys.
2: weekend.
0: <laughs> man, wow, that is quite the dynamic duo. And and man, you see Todd. Well, both of them had tons of passion. But man, when Todd started talking about innovation. Some of those things, his eyes just lit up. I love that. Um, but all right. So what were, what was some of your favorite parts of the last hour or so?
1: Well, I mean, the passion that's there is just so, um, so evident in both of those guys and Prologis is lucky to have them both. And, um, uh, I, I loved hearing about everything that's going on. And, um, I mean, a lot of it's way above my pay grade. I, I love talking about, um, like learning about all of this stuff that's going on out there that I've never, um, even heard about. And I, I've know, I know that labor is a problem and transportation is a problem, but then when I hear about these solutions that are getting done, um, behind the scenes out there, it's, um, really fascinating. So.
0: Yep. Agreed. Agreed way. I appreciate your good work in facilitating, uh, these conversations. I think this was our uh, of this season, as it were, of the Supply Chain Real Estate Series, I think this is season three, this was the third installment. Yes, sir. Uh, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback uh, on these, these conversations with various members of the Prologis team. But hey, let's make sure folks know how to connect with Ward Richmond. Yes, sir.
1: Um, I, LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me. So you can always just uh, search Ward Richmond on LinkedIn. So hit me up there. Love to connect. And uh, I'm almost at 10,000 followers, I just realized. So I'm just like a couple hundred away. So um, love to get there before the end of the year. And uh, <laughs> <Big> goals. <laughs> then uh, I have also got my blog, supplychainrealestate.com. And uh, of course, I'm with Colliers International. So you can uh, go find me there as well. So um, yeah, thanks, Scott, for um, organizing all this with... Uh, do your great company and uh, let me be a part of it as always. It's just such a pleasure, my man.
0: Well, uh, I appreciate I appreciate the passion you bring to the table. Hey folks, all the comments. Uh, thanks for tuning in I, again. We really, we love a good sense of humor around here. And uh, you know, that was certainly one of my favorite parts uh, between you and Todd and, and will, uh, you know, it's It's good. To, as stressful as some of these days are, It is good. Laughter is perhaps the best medicine. Uh, But what a great story. One of innovation and business and opportunities for all, including the founders of some of these companies, the teams of some of these companies, but also the global workforce. So big on behalf of Ward Richmond, on behalf of our entire team, Amanda and Clay and Allie and Jada, all behind the scenes. Uh, This is Scott Luton signing off right now. Hey, folks, do a good gift forward. Be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Adios. (music)